When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it Thursdays here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal is on assignment. That is code for probably in the low dough right now uh, in uh, Denver. We bring in uh, the biggest Big 8 fan I know. <laughs> and he's with the morning hookup co-host Will bleeping wilson man how are you i'm good man what's going on with you you uh, are rocking and you need to send a, a, a tweet out about your your shorts here and just <laughs> let me let me not freak anybody out but will wilson's got the old school big eight hat and it's got all the the, the members pre big 12 pre big 10 raid right uh, he always wears the, the it's i mean i saw that hat a million times down at kemper growing up and we go down for the big eight tournament all once of those times but i still remember it iowa state fans uh you had ku fans down there missouri i mean it it was a glorious era and nebraska and danny were incredible in the big eight you're a missouri guy i just found that out you say missouri I, I do that as a, a reference to our our imaginary friend clausburn when we do our picks because okay. he sounds like a guy that used to call option football plays and and so but he goes missouri yeah so does my dad Uh, so does a a hall of fame coach he says missouri missouri instead of missouri so but you're you're wearing like you're wearing the pikowski era husker basketball shorts yeah that's right i saw these it's got a basketball on the side, and it's got the Huskers in cursive. They were on sale about a year ago. And Where'd I, you get them? They were on, online. It's a free shout-out Thursday. I will say, I, I can't remember where I bought it. It was online, man. Uh, but I know I saw them for sale at PBA. So oh, if uh, next time okay. you go to a game, uh, I think they're for sale there. But it was one of those things I had to pull the trigger on. You know, we all oh, have those purchases. Because I remember Nebraska where the white and the red, and occasionally they'd break out the all-black. Right. They never won. In the yeah. all black, they lose in Boulder, they lose in Manhattan. But <laughs> you have the red ones. You have the road red. That's. I think they're reversible too. Oh, I, so you have okay. I could be wrong, but I always rock the red. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I think I think they're they're incredible. They're well, thanks, they're glorious. Man. We're off on fashion here today, <laughs> but uh, a lot to get into. We're loaded up. We're gonna streamyard Brandon Vogel. Uh, managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. The countdown continues for most intriguing Huskers. And uh, we will talk uh, about uh, both the Nebraska pre- uh, projected bookends at that tackle spot. Great conversation with Rob Zadiski yesterday on the Husker O-line. We'll get Brandon's take on Big Teddy and Turner 
uh, on the edge. We'll also hear from Mickey Joseph. He was uh, in the hot seat last night talking uh, wideouts with the Husker Network. Adrian Martinez, front and center, yesterday at Big 12 Media Days. What did he have to say? Some thoughts on Tigers opening round at the Open. Uh, and uh, in hour two, Lars Anderson uh, will spend some time with us. New York Times best-selling author 12 times over, co-host of the Jay Barker Show. So Lars kicks off hour two. We'll get nitty and gritty with him on Nebraska football. Uh, Scott Docterman from The Athletic. Scott, uh, a wealth of knowledge, great dude to talk with. Uh, we'll get his take on the Iowa quarterback situation because, really, Purdue's about it when it comes to proven and trustworthiness at quarterback in the West. You got Captain Morgan in Minnesota as well, so maybe he's kind of a uh, a 1B in the Big Ten West. But uh, Dr. Min will join us, and then Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets, will have some baseball futures for you for the second half. And who's he uh, riding tonight? Numbers to get in. Join us today on Hale Varsity Radio, 466-3776-4676-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter. Give us a follow. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio. That's me, Will Wilson. Uh, at Willie on the radio is where you find him and can always email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So we are inching closer to football season. Uh, we've previewed both lines of scrimmage yesterday. Well, I think the, the, the general sentiment of 2022 for Nebraska football, it, it's really as simple as you expect more. Right, it's as simple as that. If you're a Nebraska fan, mm-hmm. you expect more from what this team has been versus what they are on paper. You expect more than five or four or three wins because you see the talent. Uh, you expect more in crunch situations uh, because uh, eventually you're sick of banging your head against the wall and, and losing tight ball games. It's not for lack of effort. It's not for uh, not being able to tackle or run the football or, or make a play, but it, it comes down to just flat out uh, what your idea is, your game plan, and then that third part, uh, the execution. And it is really befuddling as we go into this fifth year for Coach Frost and in how much of that can be turned around? How much better can whoever's at quarterback take care of the football? How much uh, more can you get out of an offensive line that is going to be trying to move a defender versus get in the defender's way? That's what, that's what Rob Zadiska explained to us when it comes to philosophy and mentality, what you're going to feel and see more like with the Nebraska offensive line. And then those smaller details with the kicking game and coverage and competition with some of the new position coaches. I love where Nebraska's going to be. Um, it, it really comes down to can it all come together? And, and honestly, it's, it's going to be that question of chemistry. And, and that's been an ongoing build since June as they get into camp. You, you explained it perfect. I've been, I've been saying for the past few weeks how I'm not, I'm not trying to jump ahead on anything because I can't. 
you know, what are we seeing? Nothing, right? We're just hearing and, uh, you know, seeing pictures of people in the weight room and, you know, all that. I think you nailed it perfectly. We're just expecting a jump up. Uh, expect more. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. You know, let's hope. Or else, uh, you know, we're in trouble. But, I mean, that's just kind of how it, it's been every single year, I guess, you know, expecting more than bad. Well, and, and we're in that season where it's you can talk yourself into or out of a lot of things because of the unknown. You, you just don't know. You can have a quarterback that's going to have a, a touchdown to inter- interception ratio that's twenty-two to six, like last year. That's what that's what Casey Thompson put up in in ten ball games. I'll take that, yeah, because you, you've had some some tough turnover numbers, uh, quite honestly, at the quarterback spot because you, you've asked a lot. You got to find a thousand yard rusher. Yeah. We'll talk to Brandon Vogel about that because uh, that is going to be very key uh, with Whipple. Uh, you look at the numbers they put up; they were pretty even uh, from an attempt standpoint. I think maybe twenty or twenty-five more attempts passing versus rushing, but that's that's how you're going to win ball games in November, and you can do a lot for your run game based on your pass game, which uh, Nebraska will have ample options. One of those is Trey Palmer. Let's hear from Mickey Joseph last night on the network. Uh, about Trey Palmer, uh, and we'll get into a little bit further detail with uh, who's doing what this offseason and what Mickey's been seeing out of the guys. He's a totally different kid than I had at LSU. I think he's playing with more confidence. I think he he understands the the grind that I expect out of the group. I think he understands that every day he's got to come and fight. You know, he's got to come fight every day, you know, to keep his job. And I think he understands that because he was in a situation like he was in a talented room at LSU. Remember, he was in a room with Jefferson, um, Jamar, Terrence, Racing McMaster. People's like, well, Mickey, why didn't he play? I'm like, well, you know what? He played behind two first-rounders, you know, with Justin Jefferson and, and then Terrence Marshall went there. So he played, he played with, you know, behind two different, two big-time players. But it's his time, and he's doing really good. I mean, he's, a, he's here, he's, he's happy, you know, and, I, and that's, the, I, I, that's the, the difference I see with him, that he's a, he's a happy camper right now. And even my wife said, you know, said, hey, he's a, he's a different kid. He's a different kid. So, listen, that's huge. <laughs> Palmer's a, a change of scenery's done him well. You've got five-star expectations. You're a home state kid. Not always easy. You get to Lincoln, you find that receiving room, and Mickey touched on the fact that culture and talent needed to improve. Well, Nebraska's improved their talent level. Nebraska's not hit on very many receivers. Their retention part of the recruiting uh, aspect has, has been problematic. Uh, that's been... That's been nipped in the bud by, by Mickey Joseph when it comes to what his rules and regulations are, what he expects of, of you, and that if you don't do your thing, uh, I have someone behind you that will take your job, which means you got to take care of it every single day in practice. And uh, he's feeling pretty confident right now uh, with uh, 9 to 11 guys he's comfortable playing with. So uh, good insight there from Mickey Joseph. Uh, really good uh, to hear from him on Palmer. Uh, I think Oliver Martin's had a good uh, off season. He's a guy I'm in- interested in. We saw him that first road show we did was at Champaign. Oliver Martin burst on the scene, had a hundred yard day, and then really was dinged up injury wise. And I think Mickey, it sounds like he's done a good job of kind of coaxing some more confidence for for Martin because he's a guy that was good enough to play at Michigan, good enough to play at Iowa. Nebraska's got him for a second year now. He's really uh, somebody that 
has been working on getting off the line of scrimmage because he has speed and, and some agility that can help this passing game. He mentioned a lot of guys. and uh, <laughs> mentioned a, a ton. I didn't hear much on Omar, did you? I didn't hear his name. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything there, but... I, I don't want to... Of course. Overreact but. and read into. Why didn't he talk about Omar? Yeah, let's let's freak but, out. But why didn't he talk about Omar? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, that's one thing that I think a lot of us, it's a guy we want to see, especially mm-hmm. after seeing glimpses last season. Definitely. Well, he's, he's, he's your most experienced playmaker returning. Right. Right? I mean, he's, he's the guy that is coming back as your leading wide receiver. So that's where we're at. Let's talk mystery teams for a moment. And pretty uh, good setup here by CBS Sports. They, uh, they love talking and writing college football here in July, whether it be hot seat ratings or, or whatever. Uh, but you have mystery teams heading into 2022. Who do you think is the number one mystery team in college football? Yeah. Per, per their list. Hey man, you, you, I, well, give me a hint, conference-wise. They are very down with open carry. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know. Who you got? Oh, you got. Oklahoma State. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, they, they have Okie State as their, their most mis, most mysterious team. Uh, they could fall anywhere between 9 and 25. Uh, you have some talent back. You have some talent lost. <laughs> so they're, they're in at number one. After, uh, after, you know, a decent season, right? Almost winning the championship. Yeah, I mean, they're good. They're, they're, they're a play away man yeah right in the big 12 title game usc in at number two you have uh it's oklahoma west head coaching and 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 all of the the rating that went on oregon three oregon opens up with georgia in week one so we'll know a lot about oregon there the post cristobal era team i really like and it's because they've got a couple of former huskers on staff uh john garrison great offensive line coach and Tim Beck, NC State in at four. Cincinnati comes in uh, in at five, and Ole Miss in at seven. They've got to replace a quarterback. Nebraska, to me, they scream mystery, don't they? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Don't they scream mystery? Yeah. Because of, of the, the, the changes with the coaching staff, they scream mystery because of your quarterback situation and – while it's not a mystery with what's expected, uh, wins and bowl season for year five, but for Nebraska to be left off this list, I guess, is is, is stating that eh, the Nebraska's not really that mysterious at all. It's, it's cut and dry. It's black or white. They either win or, or else. But there's a, they must be just, okay, these teams are going to be making the postseason. These teams are going to be able to find a way uh, to, to scratch out eight or nine conference wins. Wonderful. But as a, as a big-picture type deal, Nebraska is a absolute – they're a top-three mystery team to me. Oh, definitely. Uh, just because of, of all of the aesthetics with it, uh, with, with coaching changes, with the quarterback situation, and then, you know, year five of Scott Frost. Uh, what can Nebraska produce? We'll dive in with Brandon Vogel coming up as the most intriguing Husker list countdown continues. The two bookend tackles for Nebraska uh, in our two. Lars Anderson will join us. Uh, part of that Jay Barker, Alabama machine down there in SEC country. Get his take. Lars, uh, a big-time Nebraska fan. 
and uh, has covered college football for 25 years. What's he think of the Big Red uh, this upcoming season, the Northwestern game, so paramount. Uh, and we'll hear from Adrian Martinez from Big 12 Media Days as uh, he was asked about uh, reflecting on his time and for sure his legacy. And Adrian, wearing a purple tie, uh, said, you know what, we're going to pump the brakes on that. That's not the time right now. We will get a picture of Will Wilson's throwback Nebraska Big 8 tournament champ basketball shorts tweeted out for the masses. Scott Docterman previews the Iowa quarterback situation. That's in hour two. Best bets with Danny Burke, the Pride of Chicago Vizen Sports Network. Futures for baseball in the second half. Just say it with me. Uh, take Junior's allowance money and bet it the, on, on the Yankees. Because New York is killing it, and uh, they will likely kill it. We'll also look at some NFL. And find us on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln at Hale Varsity at uh, Willie on the radio at Schmidt underscore radio uh, StreamYard. We'll get to that next with Brandon Vogel. Hale Varsity, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Storm Chasers fans, suit up. My spidey senses are tingling. July 22nd is Marvel Night. While the ballplayers are wearing Black Panther jerseys, you too can be repping your favorite Avenger. My all-time favorite is Iron Man. Outside of the fact that he's downright awesome, his wit and sarcastic nature is similar to mine. So essentially, I am Iron Man. Thor will also make an appearance that night. When you say hi to him, make sure to say, Doth mother know you weareth her drapes? He loves that. Come be a superhero and watch the Storm Chasers take on the Iowa Cubs. Get your tickets now. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Thursday edition, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt and Will Wilson. Uh, Elijah Herbal on assignment. No, he is not getting me anything from Colorado, as Twitter has asked. We were just in uh, Colorado a month ago, and... No medicinal needs at the Schmidt household. We are streaming on StreamYard, Facebook Live, ESPN Lincoln, on Twitter, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle. We welcome in managing editor Brandon L. Vogel. Uh, He joins us from his football office at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, how's your Thursday? Thanks for the time, bud. Ah, going pretty well. We're good. What what lid are we, we rocking here? Uh, this is UniWatch uh, special special edition. Uh, been a long time blog about devoted to coverage of uniforms by Paul Lucas, who's written for ESPN, Sports Illustrated, etc. And now mostly does his own thing at his own site called UniWatch.com. Okay, this is going to be weird, but we're going to try it. Stand up, Will. Show Vogue's your your Eric Pikowski tribute shorts. Oh, very nice. I was just talking about Eric Pikowski the other day when we were 52 days out from football. You're right. Yeah, because uh, you were thinking, what what, fi- what number 52, right? To Aaron Penland or – and Vogues is like, oh, I think Eric Pikowski. That's absolutely the uh, the Polish rifle. So we'll get into Phil some – Philip Dillard. Foot- Phil D- I think of Philip Dillard a lot too. Fourth-round pick for the Giants. Uh, once he got down to play and wait, finally had a great season at middle linebacker after lots of threats. Uh, <laughs> you're going to either play inside or you're going to get down to play and wait. Uh, Phil Dillard uh, got it handled. So uh, you have O'Shawn Mathis taking to Twitter. Part of his NIL and endorsement deal is a new Jeep. I think it's a Mohave. Those things look sweet. Uh, Vogues, would you go? 
with uh, what, first and foremost, what color of blue do you think this is? It's not midnight. It's it's, but it's not a royal blue either. But it's not turquoise. What 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 color can we say this Jeep is? Uh, I don't know. I need a. I probably need an in person look uh, to to really nail it down. It's pretty bright. Yes. I would say we're trending towards royal. Not so light as turquoise, um, but you're right. It's not quite royal blue, but it, it it stands out. It's like an Air Force blue. That's a good call. Air Force blue is what we're going to deem it. Uh, I think of whenever I see a parrot, either in a movie or in some sort of sort of exotic uh, zoo setting, right, or, or the tropics. That 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 beautiful blue only seen on a parrot that's kind of got the blue and yellow going right uh it's kind of the the dakota state blue if i think back to the trojans in madison south dakota 20 years ago would you have gone with the air force blue or would you have gone with the pearl white a black maybe a gunmetal gray uh vogue's next nil deal you get what jeep color are you picking yeah, uh, it's you know it's tough. I have to sort through so many nil offers lately. Um, <laughs> so hopefully soon something something will pop here. I think I think the next car, whether you know uh, somebody uh, a sponsor gets it for me or if I just end up buying one myself, I think it's probably going to be black because growing up where I did, like my dad's thing was like, we live on a dirt road. Like you don't want a black car. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be perpetually dust covered. So like black was off the table. So, well, it's not the most exciting color. It's kind of the the forbidden color I've never been able to have on a car yet. Um, so I think next next automobile, probably going black. All right. Will Wilson, you're a car guy. Uh, have you ever owned a black vehicle? No, always had the white. Okay. All right. I like it. Mm-hmm. Wife has a black Mazda. And uh, yes, Vogues, it is dirty uh, all the time. Brandon Vogel's with us uh, to better topics. Forgive me there as I just drifted off into the O'Shawn Mathis uh, four-wheel drive moment. Uh, you have the most intriguing countdown continues with HailVarsity.com, Vogues. And a couple of tackles talked about uh, Big Teddy and Turner Corcoran. Uh, the, that's a great take. To have both those guys inside the top five because they are so important uh, for what this offense can be. Yeah, they are. I, I kind of broke our own rules, I think, by by putting two guys in one spot, and I might break them again for the next entry. On you this do on, you on on <laughs> Sunday, um, but for me. Well, because Turner was the left tackle previously uh, until Teddy got a shot and unfortunately got injured, like the whole offensive line discussion kind of starts there. Is is Teddy Prochaska the guy at at left tackle? Certainly future looked bright. It was, you know, a game and a half, really. I know he played in the games leading up to that, but as the starter, as that kind of group uh, looked really good against Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern was the worst Big Ten team Nebraska played last year. So you got to kind of factor both pieces in there. If he's if he's back, if he's healthy, if he takes that left tackle spot, then Corcoran, who's intriguing for his own reasons, first of which is where does Nebraska put him? But also, you know, both of those players, Prohaska and Corcoran, have really high ceilings. And, and I wrote a lot about him in this story. His name wasn't included in the group, but... Bryce Benhart, too, 
that's three top 20 tackles as recruits in three successive classes. Um, we know recruiting rankings aren't infallible. Um, few things are, uh, but you got, you, you need two of those guys to kind of play or look like they're close to getting to that level. I think for Nebraska and how close uh, those, those guys look probably goes a long way towards determining what happens in 2022. Brandon Vogel's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We're talking uh, most intriguing Huskers into the top five we go. And, uh, yeah, they they are as important uh, as who's taken snaps because they'll determine how much hell that quarterback will take uh, on a on a drop back. Now, do you, do you anticipate the, the passing game to be more precise, more organized under Whipple because can you get more of a rhythm with this system or does it, does it matter? Am I, am I, am I reading into to, to things here with, with Whipple? I just, I just think he's known for controlled passing. He's been at every level of football and done well. And it, if there's protection, it can work. Yeah, it can it can work, um, and and I do expect it to feel a little bit more controlled. You know, it's it's been a while since I you know looked really closely at Pitt's stats from last year, which I'm planning to do in the kind of week and a half ahead. Um, but in in a way, I mean, the schemes are different. I don't want to scare anybody off, but we <laughs> might it might feel a little West Coast offensey. Um, Fine. Where, you know, you're not, and it's not that Nebraska didn't, but like throwing on first down, throwing short uh, on first and second, you know, treating some of those short passes as almost run plays, um, I think is what, what we'll see a little bit more of with Nebraska in that passing game. You know, it'll be interesting to see how much they do under center, um, which obviously changes, you know, a little bit in terms of pass protection, which was a, a big issue for, for Nebraska last year. Don't know if that will be a change for the good or for the bad. We'll find out. But I do think uh, there's ways to to help a quarterback if it's still a work in progress for that O-line in terms of protecting the passer. It's also quite possible, I would say even probable, that Nebraska – isn't going to face the murderer's row of pass rushers that it did last season, which isn't an excuse. It's just what it was. Totally agree. I mean, they, they faced seven to, to nine guys that were drafted or uh, are at some point going to find their way into a league or a practice squad. And they did it consecutively. And it started with Illinois and it ended with Wisconsin and, and, and Iowa. So, yeah, you, you got to learn from taking some of those lumps, and it's also going to be important for guys to get healthy. We were talking to start off, Vogues, about mystery football teams in 2022 and a good list for CBS Sports. They have uh, Oklahoma State as their top mystery team. Are they closer to top 10 uh, like they were last year? Are they closer to, to fringe top 25? Uh, USC's intriguing for Obvious reasons. You have Ole Miss. What do they do after quarterback? NC State. Do they do they stay hot with what they've been able to do? Nebraska not on that list. This must have been eight or nine win football mysteries versus all of college football. But would you put Nebraska on a broader mystery list? Don't they just seem 
full of questions? Well, I, I, I don't know what to expect for 2022, and it's my job to basically think about this full time. So uh, they, certainly, they certainly feel like a mystery to, to me. Uh, you know, it sounds like the teams you mentioned on that list, I think your uh, eight, nine win barrier might be, might be the key to it. It's, so you look at an Oklahoma State and Ole Miss, those are two teams that were good a year ago. You know, a lot of change on both of their parts. Uh, Ole Miss, while they both lost a key coordinator, um, one on offense for Ole Miss and one on defense for Oklahoma State. So I think maybe the theme of that group and why Nebraska wasn't there is it was kind of, they were good. How good can they be again? Nebraska is, the mystery is, can it get good? And can it do it now? Um, because we're all kind of aware of the stakes and the timeline here. You uh, put it perfectly with uh, the stakes, the timeline. And is there a reservation uh, in Indy at St. Elmo's? Have we put our heads together for that or no? We haven't put our heads together for that. Um, are you talking for Big Ten Media Day? Yes, or, yes, uh, yes. yes. Well, oh, look at you. <laughs> Vogue says we're headline. Vogue says we're going to Indy for the Big Ten title game. I love it. There's no mystery with Brandon Vogel. He's all in, baby. <laughs> well, the other part of that is it might be too late to get a reservation for keeping that up. The entire Big Ten media is going to be there in a, in a couple of weeks. But if we book for December, we probably we might have a shot. That's what I was asking for. Just to totally save my own ass here, I was asking for December. Who doesn't want to hit uh, the premier steakhouse in the Midwest, not in Nebraska, in December? I love that. It, yeah. I love that. Vogues, real quick, what you're working on with HailVarsity.com? Yeah, so we'll have uh, number number three on our most intriguing list uh, coming on Sunday to be, to be revealed. Uh, and then, you know, start digging in. I've, I've been thinking a lot about the offense and where Nebraska is has been where it could be going under a little bit of new direction. I thought some of Mark Whipple's comments on the radio this week were pretty interesting. Um, so planning to dig into a little bit of pat, running, run pass ratios, and revisit some of that stuff and really kind of get ready for, for Big Ten media days. Be here pretty quick. That'll be good. Brandon Vogel with HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogue, thank you so much. Good to spend time. Thanks, Calling all soccer fans. Union Omaha is back home after an unbelievable showing in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup round of 16. An upset over Minnesota United? That's our team. So join them when they come home May 28th for Educational Outreach Night. Presented by Bellevue University. The Owls will face Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC. And after a couple of road matches, will come back on June 18th to face Greenville Triumph SC. It's also Pride Night. We'll see you there. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Good to spend time. Big thanks to Brandon Vogel with his HaleVarsity.com and magazine. He was with us. That interview posted, uh, streamyarded, of course, on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle and uh, Facebook Live. Lars Anderson, 25 minutes away, his thoughts on Nebraska. Scott Docterman dives in his 
look across the river at Nebraska and let's keep an Iowa from going from good to, to really good. Danny Burke will join us. Mitch Sherman uh, with us on Tuesday. Mitch had a sit down this uh, week with Trev Alberts and a pretty wide ranging interview with Mitch as uh, Trev Alberts celebrating the year anniversary. It's been about a year since he uh, moved into the office. A good picture here in Mitch's story. And, and you see, I imagine that uh, Trev's desk is a lot like uh, good, you know, Saul Goodman, his desk when he was at the real law firm, that big old mahogany one that right. they brought in. And there's a giant red end behind Trev. And uh, a lot was covered here when it comes to, to Trev's vision about Nebraska football. Uh, leading the department, and Trev quoted in this story, we're entering into a tornado of events, and he asked the question, how do you want to push yourself to create the mindset not only to be able to weather the storm, because that's part of it, but also have a team that almost enjoys a tornado. So that's a pretty telling philosophy with your department leader, and that's no different than what Trev was and, and is, was a as a as a department leader and administrator and also a guy that was going to rip your face off on third down in eight coming around the edge. But you had uh, the revelation of the settling and NCAA investigation. That was part of this first year with Trev. You had the, the task of raising $165 million. That's a credit to Trev. That's credit to Brendan Stye. And those guys uh, getting the money brought in. You've got the whole NIL uh, issue that's a reality in college football and college athletics. The news and your take. And are you going along? Yeah, you are to to bring in USC and UCLA. Uh, So that's uh, that's impressive. But uh, Trev uh, was asked about Scott Frost, clearly. And uh, Trev's response uh, is this, the pressure on Scott Frost and the coaches is real, but nothing new. You're in the competition business, and I think all of us, and I feel a sense of urgency. He says, I know Scott feels a sense of urgency. I know our coaches do. We don't have tenure in the athletic department. We're judged on wins and losses, and ultimately those types of things lead to stability or removal. So... Cards are pretty much on, on the table there. You have uh, five new assistants, a uh, reinvigoration of recruiting, and you had that uh, October 1st date. That's uh, when Frost is set to accept the reduction of that $15 million buyout by 50%, in addition to the $1 million cut from his annual pay to $4 million. Uh, Trev says he worked to, to remain steady as reactions and emotions around him often turn messy that's livelihood that's reputation that's being put on notice and it's been there um so what i'm telling you is 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 more from mitch sherman here uh on scott frost good story great sit down for mitch when we talk metrics you had uh Scott Frost helped devise those much-discussed metrics for his contact, contract to help shape his future. 
that was what Trev was saying. Look, this isn't just me. <laughs> we discussed, you know, what, what are some, some benchmarks for, for you and this football program? Uh, you had a mutually agreed upon set of metrics in November that if we meet him, you know, Scott's pay cut uh, would, would not be cut anymore and there'd be the length of the contract extended by a year. The specifics of the metrics not revealed despite attempts by media outlets to obtain them through the public records request. He had USA Today file a lawsuit. Uh, Albert said he believes in the importance of a leader in his position engaging in honest and transparent communication with staff about expectations. Part of those expectations are more subjective in nature. To me, that's more of an HR issue. It's about an improvement plan for our coaches. I'm not sure if the word metrics created some unnecessary consternation for some. It's probably overstated, to be honest with you. It's... You know it when you see it, right? It, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Nebraska football, right? Expect more. You need a better product. Your job is to provide that better product. You're in charge of it. You're making the money. And you're now on notice. And you've had a year since you've been on notice to get fixes. You've made changes. How does that plan come together since you're the leader? Well, you know, on the flip side of that, though, coming from a fan, say we go out there and we say we expect all this, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a ton of people out there from other fan bases that give us crap because, you know, they're saying, well, you haven't done anything. Why are you expecting that? You know, that's why they always say we have false expectations and all that. You know what I mean? No, I get it. Uh, but you, even if you're a, 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 say you're an Iowa State fan, you're an Iowa fan, you're a Minnesota fan, you're Michigan, Colorado, whatever, pick, pick around the old uh, stomping grounds, Big 8, Big 12, you can look at Nebraska as unrealistic expectations by the fan base. But I, I honestly don't know. I mean, the, the pipe dream and wish and want is to play for another national championship, go win another national championship. Totally get it. But Nebraska, quite honestly, overachieved with their greatness. When you look at population, when you look at vicinity to recruiting, you had uh, an all-timer, two of them, as head coach, with all-time incredible staffs, and you had the perfect marriage of recruiting really good talent and developing really good talent with a ecosystem of intense, right-minded competition. And you were tougher than the other guy. Every time you stepped on the field, nine times out of ten. You didn't always out-talent the other guy, but you got to the point where you out-toughed and you out-talented. You were Bama before Bama. Mm-hmm. Right? So when the fan base says, oh, Nebraska's crazy. Well, Nebraska's not crazy to eight years ago be a, a nine or ten win football team and then demand nine or ten wins in a given year. I agree. Yeah. It's it's not insane to and it's and you're not going to settle for three. You're not going to settle for four. You're not going to be fine with five. You're you'll take six, but if you get to six, that means something went wrong because you're you're wildly inconsistent to be a 500 football team. I mean, seven or better's doable. Yeah, totally doable with with 
the talent you brought in. Has it been coached up, or did you miss on the talent you were picking? I mean, and that comes back to the heart of what you're doing as the, the head man of the football program. We'll take some calls. We'll wind down Hour 1. Lars Anderson on the way at Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. One final time this hour, Lars Anderson's 10 minutes away, Scott Docterman from The Athletic. And uh, Danny Burke, Burke's best bets. So Tiger Woods, unable to uh, tame the windy conditions, shot a first round, 78 at the open. And a some of us have double vodkas to start off our golf round. Tiger had a double bogey to start off his round at the open. Six over 78, uh, 14 shots behind Cameron Young. And uh, what a disappointing beginning. I hope he can find the magic stroke tomorrow or later today. Yeah. Well, so it's not cutlass time for, for Mr. Woods. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it's uh, he's in that hole. He, he only beat like eight other guys today, which is uh, pretty disappointing. But, yeah, you know, never count the, tet- uh, the cat out. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a ton of tricks in his bag. He knows that course. So, and, you know, I love a, I love a fight in Tiger. You know, I love I love a mad tiger. So I think we might get that uh, tonight, tomorrow morning. <laughs> tiger right now is sneaking out, and he's taking his frustrations on a a, a sad old tree right now with a club he doesn't use anymore. <laughs> he just, just has those chopping, off to the side, just chopping that down. Yeah, like shooter. When, when you and you're a good good golfer, well, you're uh, really watch skilled it over there. You are. You're very skilled. My question to you is: When you get mad or frustrated. Do you beat the ground? Do you go into uh, a sand trap? Do you uh, do you huck clubs when you've lost your emotion on the links? Yeah. How did you uh, How did you unleash the fury? I, I definitely do a nice uh, club chomp. You know, like what like a boom. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah and then yeah. I and then I find the cart girl as as soon as I can and get a shot of fireball. And then uh, fireball is only for birdies. You know this. Oh my bad. Then uh, jack fire. No, I'm I'm saying you can only have a shot of that cinnamon whiskey if you've made a birdie. Yeah. Not my rule. That's my mom's rules. You're right. You know, right. And, and, you know, Fireball is the best golf course shot. I'm, I'm with you on if, that. If, if Fireball was a drinkable shot, I'd agree with you. Yeah, it's not Sometimes t- you just got to you got to do it. Yeah, You're a bartender right. as well. How how much Fireball are you pouring on a Thursday, Friday night? You know, we do. We pour more Jack Fire yeah. than, uh, than Fireball, but you'd be surprised. There's some people that come and want to get a little frisky. Oh, people come in. They order their Jack Fire from Will. <laughs> they take their shot and they have their beer. That's right. Shot it's, and a beer. Shot and a beer. 
It's uh, as simple as that. Reminder to get buckled up. And uh, one of uh, every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink? Don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We'll see what type of headway Tiger can make tomorrow. Rory, though, sitting all right as uh, he was uh, in uh, in second uh, at last check. We're pulling the leaderboard up right now. And, uh, of course, he's not in. Yep, he's still in second at six under, uh, 66 today. And uh, Cameron Young, minus eight. You had uh, Dustin Johnson, DJ in at minus four. Scheffler tied for fifth as well. Uh, my dad's uh, favorite golfer, he actually played golf with him one time in Arizona, Tony Finau, was at one over. Wow. So, yeah, that was probably not a highlight of, of, of Finau's uh, <laughs> golf experience ever, but my dad still, he always smiled about that. Will Zalatoris, he's plus one along with Finau. Lars Anderson, some Nebraska football thoughts next hour, too, on Hale Varsity. The biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Excited to talk some college football with New York Times best-selling author, 12 of his works on the New York Times best-selling list, professor down at Alabama, co-host of the Jay Barker Show, native Lincolnite, Lars Anderson with us at Lars Anderson 71, where you follow him on Twitter. Lars, you feel it, man? College football's around the corner. How you doing? I'm doing great. For us in the South, the unofficial start of college football season is uh, SEC Media Days, and they're going to be over in Atlanta starting on Monday. It's exciting. And Chris, we have not talked about players and teams and who's coming back and changes in coaches like at all. This offseason, it's all been about the transfer portal, conference realignment, you know, all these issues that have nothing to do with on-field play. Man, I'm just, uh, I'm really looking forward to just digging into the teams and, and, and looking forward to discussing actual football rather than all these uh, tangential issues, which aren't really tangential. I mean, they're changing the shape of college football right in front of our eyes, and, and the, the landscape is shifting beneath our feet every single day. Lars, you've covered this sport for 25 years. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC? How do, how do you feel as a Nebraska guy about SC and UCLA? It's the, the new normal. There's nothing you can do about it. It's all driven by by money, so I've accepted it. I've kind of looked at it as, well, sweet, more great matchups during the regular season. That's that's my short answer. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. I don't really have a long answer to that because I don't know how I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is good or bad. If you look at it from Nick Saban's perspective, he's won six national championships in the last 12 years. And so, of course, any kind of change in, in the rules of how the game is played in, in terms of off-the-field stuff and NIL, uh, he's not going to like change. He's come out vehemently against it, but he has his own self-interest mm-hmm. uh, in it. You know, when it comes to Nebraska, could the Cornhuskers be any worse? I don't think so. So maybe NIL is going to be a good thing. And I, I was recently back 
in Nebraska talking to friends, and I, I just threw out this this uh, idea. What if? And I'm sure uh, the Cornhuskers have a, a collective, like every other uh, major university, that basically pools money from influential donors, and and just and, and then it doles out the money as it sees fit. What if Warren Buffett just put 500 million in it? It's not the Nebraska Cornhuskers. It could be the Nebraska uh, Berkshire Hathaways. Right, because every kid, every kid you talk to that is is making their decision, every high profile kid in recruiting, and I've talked to a bunch of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old players. They don't make it because of the coach. They don't make it because of the facility. They don't make it because of the academic support. They make it because of the money. Whoever's paying the most money is going to get. Why do you think Arch Manning is going to Texas? He's going to Texas for the fourteen million dollars he's going to get. And, and look, and I know that Warren Buffett, he's not going to do that. But what, what I was told, and I'd love to get your response to this, is that Warren Buffett has made a lot of millionaires in Nebraska because of Berkshire Hathaway, right? I think because of NIL and because there are no guardrails on it, the only way that this is going to change is if the federal government gets involved, but they don't want to get involved. No, no, look, these congressmen and senators are running away from this thing as fast as they can because they do not want to be perceived as being on the wrong side of this issue because the quickest way to get voted out of office is what? To be against uh, your state you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard to determine, like, which way would be good to go on this. For Nebraska, there is a lot of money in the state of Nebraska, right? We can we can uh, stipulate that. If it does go to the football program specifically, it could be a game changer. It could be a game changer because, again, I, I, would, I would venture to say that there's more money in the state of Nebraska than there is in the state of Alabama and uh, where I live. And, you know, if this just comes down to uh, just utter college free agency, then Nebraska's well positioned with no salary cap. Right. And if there is if there is going to be some sort of cap imposed, then you're going to have a long line of lawyers filing antitrust suits on the part of the players because you're artificially limiting what they can make. It's just a complete mess, Chris. I think that the school's that are the quickest to embrace this new reality are the ones that are going to succeed. Nebraska will will use the, the fan base. Nebraska will use the support system financially to their benefit, to their advantage, and uh, that's okay because it's allowed to be done right now. What I foresee happening, and my crystal ball may be cloudy, it may be right, I don't know, but if you get to this super conference with mergers and acquisitions and just two power leagues to the SEC and the Big Ten, eventually you'll have some sort of college football czar or committee that will put some rules in place. I mean, I think that's that's one benefit to, to the mergers, the transitions from the, uh, the L.A. schools and, of course, Texas and Oklahoma. Eventually, there'll be stronger parameters in place. Lars Anderson with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Lars, what's your outlook for Nebraska. It's a more manageable schedule, Lars, but man, that week zero against Fitz and Northwestern, that's your domino. That's that's going to set the tone, not surprisingly. I don't want to over-exaggerate it, but you, you hit the nail on the head. I, it's the most important game for Scott Frost of his career, and it could very well determine whether or not he is the coach at Nebraska moving forward 
or if he is just going to be a mid-level coordinator for the rest of his career. Because if he loses, look, if he gets fired from Nebraska, he's never going to have another high-profile head coaching gig. Let's just be honest. And he's been completely emasculated by Trev Albers. Frankly, those of us who care about Nebraska football and but aren't in the, the state of Nebraska, I, I was shocked that Scott kept his job. Just shocked, and not because of any personal feelings for Scott or anything. You just look at his, his track record. It, it, it's atrocious. And it, it kind of made Nebraska a laughing stock. If it wasn't a former player who had been hired in the, in, as the athletic director, no way does Scott survive. Whipple's the key hire. Uh, what kind of offense uh, is, is Nebraska going to play? Is it going to be more pass-heavy? Like Whipple called it Pitt. Look, he's got a good track record here in recent history with developing Kenny Pickett into a first-round draft pick. Uh, you know, I think number, what, 20 overall to the Steelers. And, uh, you know, what, what kind of game is he going to call? How much will Scott truly step away and just be a macro manager and not a micromanager of the offense? I think that's uh, going to be uh, crucial. Because this has got to be Whipple's offense, because clearly Frost's offense hasn't worked in the Big Ten. I think we all can agree on that. It has not worked. It, Colossal failure. It, it, I, I think failure's strong. I think it's worked, but it's not had the payoff, Lars. So the end result is, to your point, it's not been what it's needed to be. It's been decent between the 20s, and it's been very, very bitten hardly by the turnover bug. That's it. Special teams has killed Nebraska. Defenses continued to improve, but ultimately it's the offense that's fallen short. And I think Frost, uh, what I've been hearing, has stepped away. I mean, it is Whipple's show. That's so hard to do when you're fighting for your coaching life, but I think it's at least it's happened here uh, during the summer months, and uh, we'll see if it continues here as we get into fall camp here in a couple of weeks. Hey, you look at the schedule. They can beat Northwestern over in Dublin. And again, that is going to be a game that is going to be watched by everyone across the United States. Perception is going to be formed of Nebraska based on that game, right? National perception, either the final act of Scott Frost's career in Nebraska or regeneration of Scott Frost at Nebraska. It's the, the, the perception is going to be formed on that game. And then you look at the schedule, you know, I think Oklahoma could be gotten in Lincoln and, uh, you know, working in a new quarterback, a new coach. I love Brent Venerables. I think he, he is going to do a great job there. But they're in, a, in a, a program that is in transition. They lost a lot of guys from the transfer portal. Uh, Lincoln Riley didn't do them any favors, that's for sure. We that's all that you could do a whole show on on Lincoln Riley and uh, him him being the college football version of Benedict Arnold. But um, uh, but I'm sure you've seen like the house that Lincoln Riley has in uh, in SoCal. He, he's doing okay. I, I have. I'm uh, waiting for my. Doing? I'm waiting for my invite. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, look, they could be had, and then suddenly you're looking at, I mean, is it possible for Nebraska to start like 6-0, and 7-0? I mean, we just don't know. I mean, the you're right. The, the defense played really well last year, I, I thought, by and large, and I, I think the defense should be uh, stout again. Special teams have been a disaster. Uh, you know, dumb penalties. Uh, and, and usually, you know, it, it, that's a lack of discipline. Lack of discipline 
it normally is a reflection of the coaching staff. I, I, I firmly believe that a coach, when a coach is a little wild off the field, it tends to be their team is a little wild on the field. Same way with a quarterback, like Johnny Manziel. Wild off the field, wild on the field. And, and you can take that theory and, and kind of test it. And I, I find it fascinating. I mean, that's a, it's, again, that's a whole show. But um, let's, you know, uh, I think potential is there for, for Nebraska to have a really, really good year. But I would put the minimum number of wins for Scott to save his job. I guess it depends on who actually they beat and who they lose to. But he's got to get to a bowl game. So I put it at six, uh, I, I guess. That, that would be uh, the, the floor for him to uh, keep his job. Do, do you agree with that? I think, I think with Trev in charge, Lars, I think you better get to seven or eight because six – you know, six is going to be inconsistent one week. Wow, the next potentially because uh, you still have good teams on that schedule. The West is wide open, but the West had about everybody winning eight or nine games, right? So it's not it's not a cakewalk in the West. It's not the SEC West. I'm not saying that, but I mean it's a grind week to week. So I think if you get to seven, you know, and, and let's see where things shake out. Do you improve? Uh, by the time November rolls around with that stretch, with that finish. I mean, can you can you go 500 or better in November and, and be in contention, stay in contention for the West? Lars, real quick, uh, with SEC Media Days next week, are you anticipating a, a freak show uh, and follow-up with, uh, with Jimbo and, and, and Saban as we wrap up here? Well, Chris, you were kind enough to come on our show today uh, here uh, throughout Alabama, and um, and you know we, we talked about this a, a little bit of Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher, and and how uh, Paul Feinbaum, uh, who's the face of the SEC Network, and he's a really good friend of mine. He never wanted to write another book. Like he he had asked me to, to write his first book, and I, I had some other stuff going on. And then I didn't realize he was going to get like an $800,000 advance. Uh, that's one of the worst uh, moves I've ever made of my career. Um, but it became a New York Times bestseller. And But but Paul swore that he would never do another book. Well, lo and behold, uh, he, he got he was made an offer he couldn't refuse. And, and the, the, the writer behind it is going to be John Talty, a, a good buddy of mine. And, uh, he, he's the, uh, the top uh, editor at AL.com. Here in Alabama, and they have a movie deal, and it's all based on Jimbo v Jimbo versus Nick, and uh, you know it, it is a it, it is a long history of that. But I think Nick will be on his best behavior. But it'll be interesting because the very last team to make their appearance at SEC Media Days is Texas A and M, and uh, so uh, Jimbo will have the final word, and and, and I know that will be very. Uh, anticipated and and you know I, Nick realizes that that he made a mistake uh, and he apologized. You know Jimbo has not apologized. Uh, Nick apologized for saying that you know thirty million dollars or whatever was was paid uh, to uh, the, to get the number one recruiting class of twenty twenty two, and it, it's like and if you do the the where that number came from. It's somebody who's not even verified on Twitter, a guy who goes by the handle Slice Bread. 
And I'm sure you you probably talked about this on your show. And then just how this, it's, it's ludicrous that, that, that this guy just put it out there on a message board. And then suddenly you have rival coaches quoting the number from sliced bread. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 Chris, it's, it, 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 it's insanity, man. And But there's no way to check it. And I, I think those of us in the media, we don't really understand how NIL works. I certainly don't. Um, and I, I, I don't really know what the the rules are because they differ from state to state to state of what is uh, um, what is uh, legal and what's not legal. And um, but yes, it, it will be uh, it will be interesting. I, I expect everybody to be on their best behavior. The commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, has has told both of them, "Hey, chill out." Uh, but once you get Jimbo wound up. He's incapable of, uh, of not just uh, going off. So it, it should be pretty good theater. And, yeah, you know, this is talking season. We got nothing. We, You know, we're just all speculating. And it, it, it's kind of fun. Uh, I, I enjoy it because I just enjoy talking about college football. But uh, I, I can't wait until they put the pads on and, and practices start. Lars Anderson. Lars, we'll talk soon, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes. Hey, thanks, Chris, and thanks for coming on our show today. And also, congratulations, uh, Broadcaster of the Year in Nebraska. I'm, I'm so proud of you, and uh, it's uh, richly deserved. Lars, appreciate you, brother. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk some Iowa football. Scott Docterman with The Athletic at Scott Docterman. On Twitter is where you follow and find him. Scott, not far away from Indy. How are we feeling? Hey, it's great. Uh, it's been a wild summer. There's been a lot going on in Big Ten world. And sometimes you, you forget that I'm actually covering football and not the business of sports. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll get that back in focus here pretty short. We will. Uh, a thought real quick before we talk Iowa. The Irish. Uh, it's their call with what they do. And uh, do, you, do you think the Big Ten's able to close uh, eventually? That's a great question. I think it's going to be up to what the uh, Notre Dame donors and administration thinks, which is uh, are they going to be content to see you know their uh, athletic uh, media rights revenues half of what their neighbors in Purdue and Indiana get? And because I think that's where we're headed right now is probably in the neighborhood of eighty million dollars for. Big Ten teams, and uh, Notre Dame might make 40 from its meteorite deal. So if it if it thinks it's okay, if, the, if it is it 
it doesn't have a problem with a diminished voice in sports and a $40 million uh, deficit compared to its uh, brethren in, inside the state of Indiana, then I think they'll stay independent. Otherwise, I think they'll come to the Big Ten. That's a heck of a pitch you just laid out there. Okay, fine, we can stay independent, but do you really want to make less than Purdue in Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a great take uh so scott let's look at the iowa offense i mean a 10-win team a trip to the big 10 title game for for coach ference and uh, i know you have a loaded defense back what's the uh what's the forecast on on the iowa offense uh specifically the, the passing game is that the the, the talking point in hawkeye country uh, the, the quarterback question. Yeah, that's a that's a question that if you were to bring up the the words quarterback uh, in Iowa City or among Iowa fans right now, I think you'd get a a negative look. Uh, it's just it, it's one of those that just hasn't been real positive for a few years, and and certainly going into this year, that the passing game and the quarterback is a big question mark. Um, you know, last year I kind of felt like. Anything Iowa was doing, especially late in the year, it was just it was kind of like trying to get the last couple of drops of ketchup out of the bottle. Oh, uh, just do enough to to win these games, and they did. I mean, we, you saw it against Nebraska last year, and they did it against Minnesota and in Illinois, and and should have really done it in the in the bowl game too. And and so you know, to that, I mean, it was really a really good team season. But that said, there's so much more you can do on offense than what Iowa was able to accomplish. I think you look at the at the quarterback position, and uh, two years of Spencer Petras has been um, probably below average. Um, but can he improve? He's he. I'll give him this that he's he's made a lot of efforts to improve. He goes to a private quarterback coach on the East Coast, and he's uh, helped him with his fundamentals, and and he's at the Manning Academy, and and so there's a lot of effort that he's putting into this, but. I don't know if that means that on third and four against Wisconsin, then he can complete a six-yard pass to get him in a field goal range. And, and I guess we won't know that until he gets into the season. But, you know, at wide receiver, losing two players to Purdue uh, really chapped them in a lot of ways. But uh, they've got some ascending players at wide receiver. Keegan Johnson, who you guys know very well from the L.I. area, is, uh, you know, an up-and-coming player. And one of, uh, you know, among players that caught at least 15 passes in the Ferris era, he has the third highest uh, um, yards per reception after as a true freshman. That's pretty good. And and Arlen Bruce was a really big playmaker for them. So I think as long as they could build depth there, they'll be okay. And then finally, a tight end, I think they feel that's probably the strongest position on the offense, and they should be in pretty good shape there. Is many games going to be decided, are many games going to be decided by quarterback play, or can Iowa get a little bit better quarterback play and repeat last year with a great defense, a good O-line. I know Linderbond's gone, but you still have running game and, and you have enough weapons. How much are you going to ask? Do you anticipate Iowa asking of the quarterback? They're going to have to ask a little bit more. Now, I, I think last year the running game really struggled. I mean, Linderbaum was dominant, mm-hmm. but the rest of the offensive line was in flux. Their veterans had injuries, and then they threw in a lot of young players. I mean, they had a true freshman start the most ever uh, for along at the offensive line. But but they actually did improve quite a bit. You know, their outside zone struggled immensely. 
and they have new running backs, but I think they're a little more downhill centric. So I think the running game will be okay. It's going to come down to me. I look at Iowa, the difference between going to Indianapolis and going to eight and four is going to be two really on two positions. One's quarterback. Uh, can the quarterback make big plays in big moments? And they've got enough uh, t- you know, tough opponents this year. They play Ohio state and Michigan along with, you know, Wisconsin and the other schools in the, in the West that they've got enough games to where, the quarterback's going to have to make plays to win these games. They can't just hold on by their fingernails, uh, you know, on, on a two-story building. But I think uh, the other one's kicker, and you know, they're replacing another kicker. I mean, Keith Duncan did a really good job for Iowa for a number of years, and last year Caleb Shudak uh, did the same. And now it's just a matter of he's gonna, they're going to have to have somebody in a close game make a couple of field goals, make a, a pivotal fourth-quarter field goal. And if Iowa can do that, I would put Iowa at, you know, at or at least the co-favorite in the West. Mm-hmm. If not, we might be seeing Kirk Ferentz doused with a, with a bottle of mayonnaise in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> Scott Docterman with The Athletic talking Hawkeyes, Hale Varsity Radio, at Scott Docterman on Twitter. This is where you follow and find him. What's the, uh, the, the temperature on Brian Ferentz? Uh, moving to to do to work specifically with the quarterbacks. I know he's spent time with the O line. I know he spent time with the tight ends. Uh, does this position group behoove him, and, and can he make him better? That's the that's the multi million dollar question for this program uh, because there were I would say it was a unpopular doesn't give it justice to when he moved over from tight ends to quarterbacks because as you see at the, a lot of the fake the statistics for Iowa it didn't get hardly anything out of offense now there were a lot of reasons and mm-hmm. factors and but that still doesn't matter I mean you still got to get stuff out of it and he didn't quite do that so I think there's um, there's a lot of heat on him I think most of all it's probably with both him and Spencer Petras both is that the margin for error among the fan base is, is next to zero. So a, a bad play call, a third down incompletion, and you're probably going to get booze. And and that's not really the best way to go about things, but, but I think that's kind of what Iowa fans have been given through the offense. Now, I'll say this. I think Brian – I, I met with him for more than six hours this off season on it to, to go over some of the game planning situations and what they try to do. And uh, I found him very intelligent and the, the system very sound. It's a matter of execution in a lot of ways. And sometimes it's, it's too complex, but I think they try to simplify some of it. it it's just, it, it's going to be up. Ultimately it's going to be up to how the quarterback executes in pivotal moments. And if he can do that, then I think Brian Ferentz, you know, will be able to exhale. If not, I think uh, Iowa's going to be, you know, a pretty angry place, you know, the third of the time in the fall. Well, Nebraska fans have, have been counting to 10 for uh, a few years uh, when it comes to anger and football. And, Scott, before we let you go, I'm going to flip it around. Uh, your vantage point on Nebraska in Hawkeye country, what do you think of year five for Coach Frost? I really don't know, I, and I, I've said that the last few years because, you, you, you know, I think the, the view from a lot of the Big Ten and certainly in Iowa because it's closer is you look at Nebraska and you expect more. Uh, you know, they have a lot of advantages, and not just the history and tradition. That's That's been a long time ago now, but but I think just the, the resources and fan interest, and, the, and so you expect a better 
uh, product. And and Scott Frost came with a lot of uh, you know hype, probably more than I've ever seen. <laughs> and yet um, there hasn't been a winning season out of it. So you're kind of wondering, okay, when is this going to happen? Because you know even even last year and in other years, you look at the talent and it's there. Uh, it's about the execution, the fundamentals, the the smaller details, which is why. I think you look at an Iowa or a Wisconsin and why they're successful and why Nebraska hasn't been successful. It's, it's being able to, to be in the right place at the right time and do the right thing and, and hang tough in the fourth quarter. And, and so in some ways I've kind of got to the point of when I, I'll believe it when I see it, and even though the talent's there and the schedule this year is there. But in, I, I guess I would probably look at them and say they've got an opportunity to go to a bowl game but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't just simply because, you know, the, the pattern is, is not there to do much, uh, much more than what you expect. It, it's going to be interesting because of all the new faces via portal and transfer, Scott, and, and then also the, the new faces on the coaching staff, which I think are really good hires. Uh, you just you got to get a lot done in a year, don't you? Yeah, and I think what what you want to do, and year five really ramps up the pressure. I'm sure as much as the pressure is intense on Brian Ferentz, he also has a pretty good layer above him. And then he also has, you know, the fact that Iowa over the last five years has the seventh best winning percentage in Power 5 football, that there is some sort of a buffer. But with Scott Frost, if you see progress, but yet it's not what you want it to be, it's hard to um, – you know, it's hard to give them that benefit of the doubt. So maybe this year, uh, you know, if there's a six, it's a six or seven win team and you see the progress and you feel like they're making, they're moving in the right direction. Is that going to be enough to keep them? And, you know, I think, you know, Mickey Joseph in particular is a really good hire. I, you know, Mark Whipple is, is an interesting hire and, and you wonder at quarterback, you know, is this going to be the, the, the year that what Casey Thompson, you know, takes off or, um, you know, but there are so many new faces, and building that cohesion isn't always easy. And even though they may be talented players, there's a reason why they're leaving their former school. So I, I don't. I, that's why it, it's always an intriguing opportunity to watch Nebraska from afar because you know it, it's never dull. <laughs> it's just a matter of uh, you know it's just a matter of what side of the the road they end up coming out on. And really, since uh, you know, for a lot of years now, it's it's been the, the side that they don't like. Well, we'll uh, have plenty to, to chew on as we gear up for media days in Indianapolis. Scott Docterman covers the Hawkeyes uh, for the Athletic. Give him a find and follow on Twitter at uh, at Scott Docterman. Scott, great to catch up with you. We'll we'll see you up in Indy, and thanks for a few minutes today. All right, thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate it. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
Back in, it's time for Burke's Best Bets. Danny Burke returns from the Lake House in Wisconsin. He blew out some birthday candles. Vizen Sports Network is where you watch and listen to Danny Burke weeknights. And, of course, the Danny Burke podcast at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Pride of Chicago, are you getting a little gray? or I mean, How old are we now? <laughs> uh, the big two six. So uh, no more no more parents insurance. So uh, now we're solo dolo here. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's the big change in my life and uh, getting closer to 30, which is always scary. Yeah, you'll you like your 30s, trust me. Um, <laughs> but enjoy your 20s. Daddy, who's the uh, the, the play tonight in baseball? Are, are you uh, all over them Cincinnati Reds? Or uh, are, you, are you looking elsewhere to make a coin or two? Yeah, don't think I'm going to be trusting the Cincinnati Reds against Nestor Cortez tonight. Uh, I was looking at that game, didn't end up getting involved. But the game that I did pull the trigger on is a little bit later tonight. That's going to be out on the West Coast with the Angels and the Astros. The Angels are really almost an unbettable team right now, aside from when Shohei Otani pitches, which you saw the result last night. I think the final was like 7-1 to one or something like that. That's really the only guy you can trust who takes the bump for the Angels. And tonight's one of the guys who you can really look to fade more often than not, taking the bump for the Angels, which is Reed Detmers. He's a southpaw, and really his numbers are just all over the place and not in a good way. And the good thing for this game, though, is he is a lefty, he's bad, and the Astros are hitting lefties very, very well. And it's a good bounce-back spot for the Astros included into that handicap. And you got to understand that they're throwing out a southpaw themselves who has been pretty good this year, that being Framber Valdez, who not only just is putting up rock-solid numbers consistently, but he's already gone up against the Angels once this season. And I think he only allowed like four hits and two earned runs, and the Astros were able to get the dub. So uh, I'm on the Astros tonight. Don't want to lay the steep price on a money line, so I laid the run line about minus 105, minus 106 is the price I got. So, yeah, I think it's a good bounce-back spot for Houston, and they're able to cover the run in the hook. Danny Burke with us, Burke's Best Bets, VEASAN Sports Network, and Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. It's where you find him, Rush Hour, his show, weeknights on the VEASAN Sports Network. So futures in baseball, know the Mets, know the Yanks have been doing their thing. The the Yanks have been incredible. Judges kicking it into gear. Uh, anybody on your periphery right now as, as we get close to the All-Star break that you might load up on futures-wise for the second half? You know, in terms of World Series, I mean, you don't have that much value because it's so top-heavy right now. And honestly, I do have the Yankees as my number one team. Big shocker. Yeah, coming out of left field with that one. But uh, there's not really any value at this point to bet a team like that. You still can, right? But if you're looking for a little bit of a longer shot with some more value that's not necessarily the the route you're going to take but where i'm fascinated with some of these futures are if you can find odds to make the playoffs and then just some of these player awards a team like the mariners are very tempting for an odds to make the playoffs they're on this win streak right now and they really have the tools to get there it's just were they able to finally put it together and it's looking like they're doing so heading into the all-star break uh, we know the Orioles are red hot. Not saying that I'd like to take the flyer on the Orioles, but that's another team to consider. But the Mariners and Marlins are probably two teams I would look at if you can get some juicy value for them to make the postseason. In terms of other futures, I took – so I was talking about this on another show. Uh, for NL Cy Young, 
I took Tony Gonsolin at 45 to one to win NL Cy Young, and now he's like 13 to one. He finally had his worst start of the year last night at Bush Stadium against the Cardinals. A lot of people kind of thought that could be the one where he struggled, and it ended up happening. But good news is it didn't affect his record, which is 11 and 0, because the Dodgers came back and won. So I think he let up like five earned runs. But look, if that's going to be your one slip heading into the All Star break, and he can still get this guy at double digit odds, I still think it may be worth the play if you haven't already been invested, because he's on a big market team. His numbers are outstanding. He's got the most wins in Major League Baseball next to Justin Verlander. And he has all of those tools in Los Angeles to back him up like you saw yesterday. So as long as he doesn't get blown up a few more times and he just keeps up these numbers, I think you take a look at Gonsolin still if you're getting double digits. That's good insight. Danny Burke with us. Burke's best bet. Sprite of Chicago. Hail Varsity Radio. Vizen Sports Network. Danny, at what point do you get real serious about some college football futures do you wait till camps get underway when you look at the Big Ten West or overall Big Ten outlook? Uh, have you have you started studying some college football? So on my show, I've really been getting deep into the NFL offseason stuff. I'm rifling through the divisions. I'm going through some of these win totals. And once I conclude that, which, you know, will probably be the end of July, beginning August, then I'll start diving deep into college football. Once you start hearing more rumblings as well, you kind of understand, you know, how some of those starting positions are kind of, you know, faltering out and uh, just getting more of a justification of these individual squads. But I think what I'm going to do this year, which I I slowly tried to do, but I'm really going to limit the conferences I look at, especially now that eventually you're going to get all these realignments. It's not going to be as widespread, but I'm really good. And and I do this every year. Obviously I'm going to hammer down the big 10, but maybe narrow it down to like one other conference instead of trying to like spread myself thin. I think I'm really going to try to just keep it close quarters there, especially with the big 10 and look, Schmitty. I mean, I was just talking about it with some people on my show the other week. I mean, Nebraska, you can get seven, seven and a half on their win total. And I don't hate it. I know you and I have talked about that. And, you know, that'll probably be the first bet that I look at once I fully get into it. It's hard for me not to be tempted to go to the over if I'm getting a number under eight. I know it seems optimistic, but as you and I have discussed, if there's a year to make it happen, it's got to be this one with how kind of weak the Big Ten West is looking. There's so many question marks, and Nebraska not alone with those question marks. I mean, do you, do you get a Michigan State uh, 2.0? I mean, do you hit the jackpot in the portal? Uh, you need to, uh, more, more than not, uh, if you're Nebraska. And uh, you, you have a much more favorable schedule, but that doesn't mean it's an easy schedule just because of your record past years against the West. Uh, I think it's a lot to ask for a re- repeat performance uh, from from a well a Purdue to to crank out nine wins, but right. they'll they'll be tough to deal with. Minnesota uh, is going to have some familiarity at the offensive coordinator spot again, a, a new a, a, an old slash new face, and then there's Iowa. Do they get any sort of quarterback play? And then Wisconsin, that's their question mark too. What do they get out of their quarterback? Right. Because both teams' defenses are going to be incredible. And then we get to the Nebraska question. What's the offense going to be under Whipple? What do you get out of the quarterback? What's the O-line going to be like? And how balanced can you be? And what can you, you plug and play defensively? So, But I'm with you, Danny, that that seven, seven and a half, 
I mean, it's got to happen unless you want uh, major change a year from now. So uh, I, I like your optimism and, and I like your your study habits to kind of zero in on on some uh, some potential money making ideas. Danny Burke is with us. Burke's best bets you can find him on Twitter at Danny Burke five. Pride of Chicago. I'm glad you had a a wonderful birthday. And uh, excited that you're back on the uh, the old horse doing shows again, and we'll get caught up again next week. Yes, sir. Can't wait, Schmitty. Thanks for having me on, pal. It's Hill Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Thank you to Danny Burke for stopping by and giving us some gambling advice. Of course, the best in the business. Coming up, we'll wrap up the show. Again, thank you to Lars Anderson, Scott Docterman, Danny Burke, and, and Brandon Vogel for hopping on the show. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We've wrapped things up after this. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back. It's Hale Varsity Radio on ESPN Lincoln, brought to you by the Nebraska State Lottery. Chris Schmidt had to bounce out of here. He's got a little baseball to catch. Understand that. Hopefully the boys uh, can get it done across town. Again, big thanks to Brandon Vogel for hopping on the show earlier today. Uh, thanks to Lars Anderson, Scott Docterman, and Danny Burke, of course, all for hopping on. Hail Varsity today. Will Wilson with you wrapping up the show. I'll be with uh, Chris tomorrow and on Saturday morning as well. Elijah taking some time off, so and hopefully he's enjoying that over in Denver, Colorado. And uh, who's getting up early tonight or tomorrow morning? I'm not quite sure how to properly say that, but you got the open going on. And, you know, that's what's always fun is some people wake up at the, you know, middle of the night to watch golf. Over here in America, it's funny, my co-host uh, Bill Hooks, I know he'll be doing that, and I'm sure somebody else, a few others, will be doing that, of course. And I'm dog-sitting this week for a good uh, family friends across town, and uh, I know they're dogs. They they are used to being fed at like 4 a.m., so I might be up early this morning unintentionally uh, feeding dogs, so I might actually just stay awake and turn on the open. But odds are I will be just heading back to bed and, and catching that last two hours of sleep as a... Uh, Two dogs will will be bothering me uh, during the day. But, hey, you know, that's what you do for family friends, right? You you watch their dogs for them. And it's always weird, too, how you have to go to their house and stay the night. I've always found that weird. But, you know, what do I know? I'm getting paid to do it, so I'm not going to complain. But, again, thanks to everybody for hopping on the show. We had a good talk about Husker football. You know, you had uh, Mickey Joseph join Husker Sports Network last night. Whipple joined just the other day. So good to talk to Schmitty about that. Talking about surprise teams. Now, you know, we were both surprised that Nebraska isn't being labeled as, you know, a surprise team. And, well, I'm kind of surprised by that because uh, you don't really know. Like, you see all these uh, preseason, uh, you know, um, preseason picks to who should win the conference, you know, what, how the how the division will line up. And you see Nebraska is kind of there in the middle. And I think that's just because nobody knows. Not even the national people know what, what Nebraska could look like. So, uh, I think it's very surprising, but, you know, that's just something we talked about today on the show. And uh, tomorrow we'll have Bill Dolman on for two hours, the full show. Bill Dolman will be joining us. I always like it when Bill comes on the show. I don't I don't hear him much uh, because I'm, I don't do Hale Varsity that often. So I'm really excited for tomorrow's show. 
And uh, Saturday morning will be fun as well. Schmitty will be live out at uh, Tyson's Treasure Chest, a big golf event out at Woodland Hills. That's where uh, he will be Saturday morning. He'll be doing the show live from there. So, again, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. If you missed anything from the show, it'll be up at Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, uh, up at ESPNLincoln.com. That's where we will have all the interview uh, posted up there. If you want to go back and rewatch our interview with Brandon Vogel today, we did that on StreamYard. You can go to our Facebook page or our Twitter page, at ESPN Lincoln. Uh, coming up here after the show, in about 30 minutes, we will have Salt Dogs Baseball. They're back in action down in Cleburne, Texas today. Uh, coverage will begin around 6.30, so you can catch that right here on ESPN Lincoln. The All-Star break is done, and the Dogs are trying to get things going as they sit about third place right now in the standings. So hopefully Salt Dogs get a win. You can hear that here on ESPN Lincoln coming up in about a half hour. Again, thank you to Brandon Vogel, Lars Anderson, Scott Docterman, and, and Danny Burke for hopping on the show today. We'll catch you tomorrow. Chris Schmidt will be back, and Bill Dolman will be joining the show as well tomorrow on Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and see you tomorrow. A Huda Media Production.